welcome to The Last Track, where we help people showcase the last track of their life story in their final wishes. I am your host, Brian Norris, the co-owner of Bateman Funeral Home in Newport, Oregon. Just like a song can bring you back to a day, a time, and a memory, so too can a well-planned service. And the quote of the day, may love be what you remember most. And that was written by Darcy Sims. When writing up your final wishes, there can be a question as to whether or not to fully fund the pre-need. There's hesitations. It's like, well, really do I, why do I need to pre-fund my pre-need? Why can't I just pay for it at the time of passing? Well, just writing out your final wishes can bring a lot of peace of mind. And your family would know what your wishes are, and you can feel confident that you've written out and expressed what your wishes are. But when it comes to prepaying and locking in today's rates, there can be some hesitations. So we're going to talk a little bit about the pros and maybe some of the cons, and talk about those, and then break some of that down and talk about how you can pre-fund a pre-need, and walk through some of those questions. So... Let's just first, let's, let's pretend like you've drawn a line down the middle of a piece of paper. And on the left-hand side, you write benefits. And on the right-hand side, you write hesitations or questions. So let's look at that piece of paper together. Let's go to the left side. Under benefits. Well, like we talked about, there's a peace of mind for your loved ones. You've recorded your final wishes for your family. You've what they call locked in today's rates. And there is a little asterisk. So pretend like you're seeing a little asterisk there. Make sure that the funeral home that you're doing a prearrangement with is going to guarantee those prices. So there are a few funeral homes out there that don't do that. The majority do, but just for your peace of mind, double check when you're getting ready to write that check, say, hey, I want to make sure once again that this is locking in prices and there should be some language on that contract that tells you that. But it locks in today's rates so that you do not owe your family members that will be taking care of the arrangements, don't owe any money at time of death. So those are, that's an important thing. It gives you a little more time to decide on what you want. So you're doing it Uh, or you're doing it maybe jointly with a spouse or a significant other, and you're coming up exactly with what you want to decide. And then, again, one of the final things on that left-hand side of that white piece of paper that's sitting there with a line drawn is personal peace of mind. Now, let's go to the other side of that piece of paper under hesitations or questions. Well, first one is the concern for the money that's been invested. Is it safe? Is it going to be there when I pass away? Or is that money going to be gone? What happens if the company goes out of business? Maybe you're not sure whether you're going to be staying in the area where you live. Maybe you're thinking about, well, my, I might move or I might be, uh, or we, as a family, you know, maybe when my spouse or my significant other passes away, I might move to go be with my children and they're, you know, on the other side of the continent. 
Um, so maybe there's that concern. And also not knowing what kinds of ways that you can pay for that those services, because there are multiple different ways of paying or securing that, that prearrangement. So let's talk a little bit about that. So going to a fully funded pre-need and talking about what that does. Again, it locks in today's rates. That means that if a cremation costs, you know, twelve ninety five today, in ten years, maybe when you pass away, it's two thousand or twenty five hundred. Well, that means you don't have to pay. It's done. It's been taken care of. Checking to see when you're talking to them about some of those questions, like, well, what happens to my money? Most companies, if they receive the money from you, they it, just check with them. That should go into what's called a third party trust. It goes into a reputable company that invests that money. It might be a bank account. It might be a a trust company. Double check and you can look to see and that money should be safe because that doesn't that. So what it basically means is that your money is not going to be taken down to the casino and spent. It's not going to be going to the local liquor store or it's not going to be going and go to to be invested with some broker on some penny stock somewhere to hopefully make some money and it's gone. So if that funeral home does go bankrupt, that money is kept safe at a third-party trust. Your wishes have been written down and they've been placed into a file. So when the day does come that you pass away, the funeral director that is there at that time will be able to go pull your file out and be able to see everything in writing on hand. Another way, you know, as far as monies and how you can pay for your your services is you can also get a life insurance policy. And then you can assign the proceeds of that life insurance policy to the funeral home for your final expenses. Now there's there's final expense life insurance companies that are specifically made for that and you take out the insurance and the funeral home keeps a copy of that policy on file, and it's in your file. And when you pass away, it's been assigned to that funeral home, and they receive all those funds. You can also, and there, there are some things about this, and you might check with the funeral home. Let's just say you have a $50,000 life insurance policy. And when you pass, you want to use some of those funds to pay for the final expenses. So... There is some tricky parts on that, and you need to make sure that whoever you name as beneficiaries know that one of those beneficiaries can be assigned to the funeral home for specifically the final expenses, with the remaining balance going to whoever you designate as your other beneficiaries. So those are some things to sit down with an insurance broker, an insurance agent, and talk about and make sure that those get worked out. And then you take that to the funeral home and they understand and see how it works. So they know when you do pass, there is, uh, there are funds available with that insurance policy. Now, a key is, is making sure, especially if it's a whole life insurance policy, that the premiums are still being paid. I can't tell you how many funeral people that have passed away that, you know when the when the when the next of kin brings in the insurance policy and we go to check on the the insurance policy, it's been canceled because of lack of payment. Because maybe 
the person had two or three years worth of a, of a uh, health issue and they quit writing the checks and it wasn't automatically deducted out of an account or something. So those are some things that you have to talk about when you're setting all this up and it can get kind of complicated, but that's what your funeral home is being paid to do is they can help walk you through those things. One more thing as far as funding. Uh, we I forgot to mention a little bit about military burial benefits and social security benefits. Your SSI, your social security benefits, you receive $255. Well, I should say your spouse receives $255. The surviving spouse receives that money. That money does not go to children or anybody else. And if there is no spouse, there is not that $255. So you need to have that, that understanding. And a lot of people, because they're a veteran, they think that everything's covered by the military. Uh, that's only true in certain instances. If a person has become fully or sometimes partially, like more than 50%, disabled by active duty service, there can be some funds. If a person is a veteran and they served but they did not get injured and have that veteran status, there is burial benefits, you know, they, but it's not 100% covered. So I always like to say, if you're going to a national cemetery, from the gates that you, when you enter the gates in, that is all covered and paid for by the veteran service, by, by serving in the military or other organization that's uh, qualified to be buried or placed into a niche at a cemetery. What is not covered is the actual cremation, you know, picking up the person and doing the cremation and transporting to the national cemetery, or picking up the person, doing an embalming or placing them in a casket, the casket, everything outside the gates of this of the national cemetery. So those are some things to remember and double check because um, I can't tell you again how many people came in and said, well, my dad's a veteran and everything's covered. Uh, mm, mm, double check. Make sure all of that is covered. Something if it's, not, if it's not fully funded, it's okay because, and I tell people, if you don't want to pay right now, that's fine. We're more than happy to keep your wishes on file. And that makes things so much easier. You know, maybe you're self-insuring. And you're sticking that money away in the bank, and you're going to put $10,000 aside in a savings account, and you have your next of kin that has access to the money, and that's okay. You know, if you put all your final wishes down and, and place it at the funeral home, they're going to be more than happy, they should be, to hold that information on file. And then when you pass, the next of kin calls and says, hey, my dad passed away. You pull out the file, and you see all of their wishes. It's just not funded. And so your next of kin will be paying at that point. And that's okay. That, that's completely fine. The prices will vary, you know, as far as because you didn't fund at that time and lock in your prices, the prices will, you'll be paying that, that cost. And it might have gone up, you know, with inflation, that type of thing. But again, if you're fully funding yourself by putting it in a savings account, that's fine couple other things when we talk about funding and you're and you're thinking is my money safe that type of thing we talked about it being you know 
care, uh, held at a third-party trust and a life insurance policy, that type of thing, those, what happens if you move? Well, those policies, life insurance policies, third-party trust, those are fully portable. And what that means is if you paid for, here in Newport, Oregon, if you paid for a cremation and you move to Seattle, Washington, those funds will move with you. Now, they're not going to, they may or may not fully pay for the cremation in Seattle. And so you do need to do a little bit of shopping, but that's okay. Again, the money is still there. And so whatever you've paid in will be used towards whatever is going to happen up in, say, Seattle. And maybe the funds, you go to a, a place in Seattle and it's only nine ninety five, and you paid twelve forty five here. Well, you'll get the difference. You'll get the money back. If it's $2,000 up there, well, then there is an $800 difference type of a, of a thing. So a funeral home that's uh, privately held can guarantee the prices of their, their funeral home or their multiple funeral homes within their area. And, you know, we talk about national funeral uh, homes, like maybe they have uh, 200 or 400 or 1,000 funeral homes across the U.S. If you're not sure you're going to be staying in a local area, that, that it's not a bad thing to have a pre-need with a large national company or a large national cremation society, and that's okay. They can guarantee better, you know, and unless you're purchasing a like a portable policy, like with uh, IEA, we talked about a little bit in a couple of these podcasts. You know, if you're living out of, if you're moved out of, well, let's say you're visiting out of state and you pass away, that will take care of bringing you back home. But if you're going to move your residence, then... You, you you do need to take a little bit of shopping around. Just a little plug real quick for us. When we get people that talk to us and say, you know, is my money safe type of a thing? We talk about the third party trust and that type of thing. But I, but I also talk about the fact that Bateman Funeral Home has been in operation for over a hundred years since like 1916. And it has survived the Spanish flu. Then that Spanish flu went from February 1918 through April of 1920. That's a long time ago, guys. It's gone through the Great Depression, and more recently, it's made it through the Great Recession and the pandemic that we're currently in right now. So we have a history, and Bateman Funeral Home is is still going to be here. How can I pay for my final wishes? Well, you can pay with a credit card. You can pay with a check. You can pay with cash. You can do a payment plan. You can, again, you can purchase a life insurance policy and assign it. But those are those are ways to be able to fund your final wishes. You know, every podcast we take a moment and we uh, take a moment to remember all the families that are experiencing a loss and to light a virtual candle in their memory. So let's take a moment and uh, remember them.
This has been The Last Track. I'm Brian Norris, and you can find out more information about Bateman Funeral Home at our website at BatemanPacificView.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. If you have any feedback or any questions about today's episode, you can leave us some feedback on the fa- our Facebook page, or you can give us a call, 541-265-2751, or you can email us at info at BatemanPacificView.com. We'd love to hear from you. Make sure to listen to the other two podcasts of this trilogy. They're entitled, What to Bring to a Pre-Need Appointment and How to Talk About Final Wishes. And coming up, Where Can You Hold a Funeral?